The views expressed on the International Internet Strangers Mixtape do not necessarily reflect the views of the United States, the United Kingdom, their respective societies for the prevention of cruelty to animals, or postal services. Okay, welcome uh, everybody to the International Internet Strangers Mixtape making a mental note of what I just did on my end for when I have to edit the sound out of the podcast because I, I tap my notebook with a pen, even though it's <laughs> not a clicky pen. Uh, my name is Damon. And I am Zen. Uh, and I've got a, a fun new soundboard app. Listen. I like to cook on the big green egg. Why? It's impressive and everything turns out great on the big green egg. If you So now anytime we need to hear about the big green egg. I like to cook on the big green egg. <laughs> it's right there for us. Love it. I, yeah, I, I'm still setting it up. I don't. I don't have that much there, but I've got, you know. Which would have been appropriate for finally finishing 154 minutes, but I was <laughs> not really like I forgot we even did the final scores on it, so I was <laughs> not prepared. Oh, and I haven't gone back and gotten everything else, all, all our other totals. So it's. Uh, you know, on the Google Doc somewhere. Ah, we'll get it. It's out there somewhere. Uh, let's see. So, man, last episode, as we're recording this, just came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't even really have any notes yet. Um, <laughs> or if I did, I, I didn't write them down and I, I, I'm not prepared for it. So the oh. only note I have is yeah. relevant to what we're doing today. So I might save that. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I do have one going back a couple episodes. Uh, we were talking about Matchbox 20 mm-hmm. and what was iZombie was yes, the show? Yeah. Yeah. The producer of that show and a bunch of other shows is a different guy named Rob Thomas. Okay. And so that's how they kind of made that connection and got Matchbox 20's Rob Thomas involved on that show. So I, I found a, an, an article off to remember to share that. I keep thinking about it and then it's not the right time. Mm. When is? It's good fun though. It's um, it's quite funny. It's got Rahul Kohli in it before he got too famous. Uh, not that he's too famous. He's just uh, the right amount of famous. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure who that is. Oh, he's great. He's really good. British actor. Sorry, the dog's sitting next to me and snoring. <laughs> so... Uh, my mic might pick that up if anyone wonders <laughs> okay yeah and i've I've got a ticking clock in the room with me so a literal one not like a, a dramatic one <laughs> the doomsday clock uh oh i did uh at work the other day somebody was playing uh some country music as was their uh their won't and uh I, I wasn't really listening. I had a, a earbudded listen to some podcasts and I kind of heard what I thought was Rob Thomas doing a country song. Ooh. And I oh, thought I can see that working actually. Right? I like yeah. it's like, oh, uh Darius Rucker from uh, Hootie and the Blowfish, he's done a country album. Aaron Lewis from Stained, he's uh working in country and yeah. it sounded really good. It wasn't Rob Thomas. And I forget who it really was, hmm, but now I sound I, alike. I kind of want a Rob Thomas country album. I feel let's, like I uh, let's uh, stick it on crowdfunder or something. Yeah, 
I feel like yeah. I'd be more willing to listen to that than his pop solo stuff. But that's yeah, I, I can really imagine that working. I, I love that when when bands take a completely, you know, as as someone who doesn't know them, like personally, it feels yeah. like a complete uh, swivel genre wise. But uh, quite often it works really well. Like the one that always sticks out in my head is is like the Bronx, the hardcore band. Oh, yeah. The mariachi band. <laughs> that's right. Mariachi El Bronx. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll actually show up eventually when we finally get to Pizza Box Disco, mm. which, which actually don't remember if you had the title when you sent me those CDs or if that's one where I had to say, hey, what do I call these? What do I write on these? Yeah. So that's I, that's the five disc, the the most recent one. I'm I'm notoriously bad at, at naming. Well, I used to be bad at, at naming things, so I imagine that was a postscript kind of deal. Yeah. So that when I say pizza box disco, that's that's what I'm referring to. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, I guess that's news and updates out of the way mm-hmm. until well i mean until i stop recording and then i'll think of like four things that i i meant to bring up but Always uh, the way. yeah so today um what i wanted to do i was inspired by a, a recent episode of uh um it's just called get played it used to be how did this get played but they kind of changed the format it's just called get played it's a, a video game podcast and uh, Heather Ann Campbell, one of the hosts, was saying that well, I think it was L.A. Noir. It might have been a different game, but it's a video game set in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, I don't like when there's video games set in L.A. I don't like playing them. Oh, uh, 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 it was a Grand Theft Auto, uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, I think. Mm. She's like, I, I'm already here. It's too weird to drive past where my house would be i don't i don't (laughs) yeah i guess because like with computer games i mean with the exception of like certain landmarks and like assassin's creed and stuff like that Uh for the most part they're kind of fictionalized versions because there's no way on earth that you could you know so like i'm thinking about like assassin's creed valhalla for example is set in the uk but it's a you know kind of computer game shrunk down version of the UK. Yeah, so you you can get to the interesting bits quicker without the regular bits getting in the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and... there was that thing. This is a massive tangent, but um, obviously when there was the fire at what's it called Notre Dame. Oh right, yeah. The cathedral. Um, the most kind of. Uh, comprehensive details about that building were actually made by the people who made the Assassin's Creed games because they'd like mapped it intricately for the yeah. game. So that, cool. That, yeah, I think I remember that now. That's that's great. Yeah, and um, so yeah, what I wanted to talk about is representations of uh, where we live or have lived in popular media, and obviously. Mm-hmm. London is going to be a lot more present. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. My perception is there's a lot more interesting about being 
from London, having lived in London and knowing and seeing a movie where like, oh, they that's that's like 20 miles away. You can't just go down that street and yeah, absolutely. this sort of thing. Uh, I do have a, a handful of Utah things written down that uh, I do want to get into, but I thought, uh, yeah, what's uh, what is or do you have a favorite mm-hmm. like film or video game London representation? So I was thinking about this because I was I was primarily kind of framing my like my prep for today on films that have got it wrong but then I I was thinking about the ones that I liked as well um and I feel like for me some of the older ones or ones that are set in the past kind of give you this nice little kind of time capsule but obviously because I didn't exist in those times it's hard for me to say how accurate accurate time capsule was yeah so you're talking about like Austin Powers 2 and (laughs) no Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no I was thinking more like so things like Quadrophenia which is also added bonus of being kind of set in Brighton as well oh cool uh, which was filmed in the late 70s but set in the 60s or something like My Beautiful Laundrette which was filmed in the 80s but set in the 70s Um, okay which just yeah I don't know I I feel like they're relative well they feel like quite accurate depictions of what London would have been like at that time. But then <laughs> how am I meant to know? I don't know. Uh, my, so my favorite London time capsule piece, and it's not like a, a period piece. It, it was, it was modern at the time mm. uh, is the cold open to the world is not enough. Mm. So I had to think it was the world is not enough or tomorrow never dies because those are basically interchangeable in my head. Um, yeah, I'm struggling to to differentiate now. You've said that. Uh, okay, what, but, what's the what's the open then? Yeah. So if it, if my mom hadn't been watching it like this week, and it goes from that into the because I know who sings which song. Yeah. Uh, the world is not enough is uh, is garbage, and tomorrow never dies is. Cheryl Crow. Crow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the there's, I, f- I missed the very beginning of it, so I can't remember exactly what, but there's a boat, ch- boat chase on the Thames and James Bond is in this cool super spy uh, stealth boat that's got rockets and stuff. Oh, okay. And, so was this, yeah. with, this is Pierce Brosnan, right? Pierce Brosnan, yep. And do they go past the Millennium Dome? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He falls on it. He falls on the Millennium he, Dome. He falls on the Millennium Dome and rolls down. And I'm like, I have a, a, a gift mug from that. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. It's so and I, weird. I might be misremembering it, but I'm pretty sure there's a, the boat's doing a turn at one point and we hear tires squeal. <laughs> I might be conflating that with the uh, in on Her Majesty's Secret Service in the cold open, mm. uh, there's a, a sports car on a sandy, sandy beach, and it peels out going, and we hear the tires going, <laughs> as though it's not on on sand. That's so silly. Yeah, that rings a bell now. It's some sort of like diamond heist, isn't it, at the beginning? Um, it could be, yeah. I, I just, I caught the chase part. 
Mm. And then there, uh, she tries to get away on a hot air balloon. Of course. And, and I said that it's too late in the day for hot air ballooning. Mm. Hot air ballooning, at least to me, I don't, I don't know, but here it's, it's always like over by 8 a.m. I have no idea. There's like, there's a hot air balloon festival, I guess, some sort of like big celebration in Bristol uh, that happens every year. But aside from that, I, d- I don't think I ever really see any. Like it's, it's, it's a real novelty if I do. So I have no idea what time of the day they're up and about, you know? Yeah. They, yeah, there's summertime festivals here. Like every town of a, of a decent size has a, a summertime festival. And I don't think this is throughout America. I think this is a pretty Utah thing. Hmm. Like Spanish Fork, uh, it's Fiesta days. Fiesta is Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so that, you know, we've got a rodeo and there's a carnival and, uh, you know, like little concerts and, and street fairs and stuff. And, and like, I don't, know that there's really a town in utah that doesn't do something like that american fork has steel days hmm. uh pleasant grove i think is strawberry days um peach days there's yeah like all these little that all little town festivals yeah very nice very wholesome yeah yeah and uh and so usually the the hot air balloons are one of those days hmm. um and then just have throughout... you ever been in one i haven't Again, it's it's a problem waking up that early. <laughs> yeah. uh, we we've because we've had years where Katie and I have decided like, oh, we're gonna go see the hot air balloons, mm. and then by the time we get out there, it's they're coming back and deflating. Mm. Have, have, I, well, you didn't seem to have a lot of hot air balloon experience. No, no, I, I've yeah. never been in one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure that I would. I'm not great with heights. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that it's really a me thing to do <laughs> so i forget that i'm bad at heights mm. because i've been skydiving and so there's a part of my brain that says oh you fixed all that you're fine mm. but then actually being in a height situation it doesn't <laughs> always doesn't always feel great i was in you just reminded me actually uh when was it just before christmas i did a vr ar live experience thing with a friend um, and part of that was being in a augmented reality hot air balloon. <laughs> oh, cool. That's <laughs> It was really cool. You have like goggles on and you're uh... in the basket and it's kind of moving around and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm. I get I get real motion sick with a lot of virtual reality. Mm. Like my aunt has a virtual reality set up and there's this one game and it felt like uh, like Ender's Game mm-hmm. where it's just like low or zero gravity and you kind of push off things and fly across the the room and i did not like my brain didn't like it <laughs> i liked it fine i wanted to enjoy it but my brain said no you don't you're not doing that stop it it's interesting isn't it because one of my one of my closest friends like loves computer games but she can't really do anything like kind of beyond like platform games because as oh, soon sure. as it starts kind of you know, when the environment's kind of moving around, it just, like you said, it makes her really motion sick and she's really frustrated about that. But uh, yeah. You can't really fix it. Yeah, I, I, I don't, in regular video games, I don't get it too bad, but there's, I have had a, an experience a couple times in the Lego 
games, mm. Lego Marvel superheroes specifically, jumping off of a building <laughs> and getting that that feeling of uh, it's not like a, like a vertigo, but it it feels like if, when you go down a hill really fast and you get that yeah. kind of lifting is that it was weird. <laughs> And it's basically just in the Lego games because it's such cartoony heights and everything. Right. Um, speaking, speaking of recognizing cities from video games, I really do. Um, most of my knowledge of the city of New York is mm -hmm. from the Lego games, <laughs> the Lego Marvel superheroes, because they're set in New York and like, Oh, that's okay. You fight Sandman and, uh, abomination there that oh that's grand central station that's that's the real grand central station i get it now and it's so it's so funny like oh oh i know where i know where that is i know where that is mm. i've new york's I've one of those places swung. like i've only ever been there once but because it is in so many films like as you're walking yeah. around you're like oh that that was in ghostbusters oh that was in this that right? was in this you know yeah the 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 films were it's actual new york and not toronto Right, standing yeah, in yeah, for yeah. New York. Uh, I like um, like Royal Tenenbaums mm. is because it's so hard to film in New York. It's very expensive, but because of the parts of New York that Tenenbaums was filmed in, mm. it's not at you know Times Square, or Grand Central. They don't have to move everybody out. It's just neighborhoods, mm. and so it gets to be this like really New York, New York. Like it, if you lived in New York, that's probably New York for you, right? Yeah, or more more likely New York than. Yeah, I've I've jotted some knots knots <laughs> notes down. Um, okay, so my uh, my gripes with London on film kind of fall into three categories. Okay. So, category one is that London and Londoners are kind of portrayed as either being incredibly rich. Or incredibly okay. poor. It just doesn't show the shades of reality there, you know. Sure, sure. Um, and that, yeah, and I, it, it's it's really easy to do that because you say, well, the type of story we're 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 telling is it is it a, a big money story where it's you know the the corruption of society and and all these things, or glamorizing it? I guess that's also a possibility. Or is it? Mm. Are we glamorizing the you know the street level sort of stuff and this is it the, like you know I mean, suburban it's pretty boring <laughs> yeah was a lot of the stories are crime based and that's really where you're expected i guess to see most of the crime is either at the very high levels or at the very low levels yeah but even like so like rom-coms so is it richard yeah. curtis the director he's very guilty yes of this. <laughs> he's very so guilty like, of a lot all his films are these kind of like, you know, let's be honest, white people working in what would normally not be a very well-paid job or, you know, just a normal paid job who live in uh -huh. like multi-million pound flats. Like literally, you know, the flat that Bridget Jones lives uh, next to Borough Market, it, it would literally be worth millions. There's no way that she could afford that as a <laughs> PA or whatever job she's got in the first film, you know. Um, let's see and so so uh what what are what are the other films like what's what's the genre because i he's he's love actually yeah 
Is he love actually? She, he's he's definitely four weddings and a funeral and Notting okay. Hill. Okay. I mean, it, it that that chimes that he would be love actually because it's all Richard E. Grant, play, basically playing the same character. <laughs> um. But yeah, you know, you've you've got these people who are like, oh, I can't think of tangible examples now, but like. You know, like, I don't know, Martin Freeman's character, for example, is like a stand-in actor or something. I'm sure that the wages for that are not amazing. But then you see them, like, living on the South Bank or whatever. You know, these are, like, where the Russian oligarchs live. This is not (laughs) cheap real estate. Well, and and the way they they kind of balance it is it's not a very well-furnished flat. It's (laughs) somewhat sparse. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Love Actually, Four Weddings and a Funeral. and, And About Time? About time. I don't know that one. About time was really charming and, and it's it's what people tend to get from the Richard Curtis movies that I, I don't usually. Mm. Um yeah, so about time, uh it's Donald Gleason and Rachel McAdams and Bill Nighy. Uh and so uh Bill Nighy is Donald Gleason's father and he reveals the family secret that they can basically travel back through time. Mm. so you can i know there it's been a while since i've seen it but there's there's a closet and i don't think it has to be that specific closet but what you can do is like spend a day then travel back to the beginning of the day and you have the experience of that day lived but you get a start back from it Mm. and so there's romantic conundrums and uh, okay. mistakes and it's it's really a, a, a thoughtful and touching movie I, I it's so wild to think that's the same writer and director as as love actually <laughs> yeah yeah that sounds kind of fun um but i mean while, while we're on richard curtis obviously one of the other things that he's been criticized for was you know like the film notting hill uh-huh. and would that have been kind of mid-90s i guess yeah it'd be like 98 i've, I've got his imdb pulled up so uh, 99 99 there we go so obviously notting hill is set in notting hill portobello road and stuff which if you live in or around london you know has a thriving caribbean west indian community oh yeah and, and it's, uh... the, the film is white as rice you know <laughs> <laughs> it's uh not realistic at all yeah what, what what if we set a film in this neighborhood and took out everything that makes it that neighborhood literally like like the Notting Hill Carnival is, I assume, world renowned. It's like this massive, um, like I say, like Caribbean, West Indian kind of festival of music and food and dancing and everything. And it's like, okay, let's let's just focus on the white people. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> and not even like the white people interacting in the community, just doing their own thing. Yeah, but it it it's got a good sounding. It, it's got a good ring to be the title, so yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hold this on to true. it. They weren't gonna call it like I don't know, Primrose Hill or something. I'm trying to think of a white place. I don't know. That's <laughs> that also sounds pretty good. Yeah, true, true. Um, okay, so yeah, this this kind of this thing where you have the the kind of so called normal protagonists living in super fancy, expensive flats is ridiculous. That annoys yeah. me. Um. But then, like you said, you know, on the flip side of that, when they're trying to show the kind of like grimy, gritty side of London, I do think they kind of overdo it a bit sometimes, you know, like, I mean, obviously, 
I'm not from like a, a, a crime boss family or whatever. So right. that stuff doesn't chime true to me. But I'm thinking, you know, now I'm thinking about like kind of like Guy Ritchie kind of films like Lockstock and uh-huh. whatever else he did, Snatch. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's there's a side to those films that is a little bit closer to reality, I think, yeah. than the super polished. But yeah, obviously, you know, it's it's for cinematic and dramatic um, entertainment. They've they've ramped it up to eleven. Yeah, has has there been any thing like in? I, I really thinking about it. I haven't really seen. A lot of Guy Ritchie films, I, I may have only seen Snatch, and that's been a long time. Hmm. Um, but is, has there been like, oh, like anything that's taken you out of a movie? Like, oh, I know where that is. Hold on, hold on. That's, I know that bookstore or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. It, it's hard to kind of think off the top of my head, but there's definitely things where it's like. So, so one for me, I mean, this is kind of moving away from from those kind of films but like in harry potter in prisoner of azkaban mm-hmm. um there's a bit where harry goes to the leaky cauldron and uh the it's it's the the external of that is filmed um at a pub in borough market that i used to go to quite a lot so i was just like <gasps> <laughs> there you go yeah that's yeah. great yeah um I, I I didn't live there, but um, I on the, the the spring break where I went to Scotland, we visited Dune Castle, mm. which uh, is famous for uh, being like three or four locations in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm. And and it, now uh, Outcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, called? yeah. Uh, Outlander. Outlander. That's it. Yeah, yeah one Outcast. one of the, the sexy demons time, or something. Time travel. It's Outlander or Time Travel? Time Travel, Sexy Scottish Men, you know. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Because when I went to look up what what locations it was in in Holy Grail, it's all Outlander content now. Mm. Which is, I mean, fine. I've got the DVD somewhere. I can look it up. Uh, But it's like uh, the bit where John Cleese is leaning over the parapet doing the... uh, Yeah, the uh, the silly French character there's that uh the interior is the the camelot musical number okay and then i think also the wedding that lancelot crashes i guess yeah is what that, we'll that say. rings a bell yeah and the uh the the i want to say gift shop but it's not like just gift shop gift shop but the the where there's somebody employed to talk to you mm. he did have uh coconut halves that he would he would lend you <laughs> Brilliant. No, I was a massive cheapskate when I went there because I did like a little bus tour kind of thing. Uh-huh. And I think you had to pay to do the tour. And I was like, I'm, I'm just happy doing the outside of this castle. It's very nice. I'm not going to yeah. bother going in. Yeah, we. I, I like that you have the coconut halves. I'm okay not paying for them. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. And you had a, another pet peeve about London in film? Yeah, so, I mean, we've kind of touched on this, but just generally taking massive liberties with geography. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you just watch it, and like you said, there'll be one place, and then there'll suddenly be another place, and you're like, but they're, that's an hour away, that's impossible. <laughs> um, 
so I've got some examples. Ooh, yeah. Uh, let's let's get. So with No One Eye, one of my favorite films. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I think actually a relatively good representation of London, um, in the late eighties, from what I can remember. Um, <laughs> right. But it does at one point when they go on holiday by mistake show them driving down the M25, um, which actually hadn't been built yet. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's a bit of a clanger. Um, what else? We've got. I don't. I can't remember when it came out. Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock. Sherlock. Film. Uh-huh. Yeah, that'd be like oh eight. Yeah, that sounds right. It is. A, it was. I, th- I think a little after Iron Man, so oh eight oh nine. Yeah, yeah, because Iron Man was kind of like his comeback film, wasn't it? Yeah, because we we and mainstream because he we we're like oh he, he was great in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but that's this little indie. But then it's like oh yeah, he's he's back. He's making big movies again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's a bit in that where he and Jude Law's Watson. Uh, are like traveling under a sewer under the houses of parliament or something like that mm-hmm. and then they like appear they come out of the sewer next to tower bridge it's like that's that's not that's not how that works that... there's no way that that tunnel would go that direction <laughs> no no yeah so that one's very silly um that's my dog sneezing um, <laughs> uh like there's a bit in fast and furious six where they're fighting oh, in one tube station and then all of a sudden it's another tube station entirely like so So not not even like during a a chase scene which is kind of where you expect that to happen like like i have to assume that the the jason Bourne films are pretty guilty of it oh i'm sure yeah you know like oh well we need a staircase now so now you're here and going down the stairs but just like during a single scene like they're they're just in a different station yeah and i think it must have been like a logistical issue because so the first station they're they're filming in is it's it's a closed down tube station which loads of films use um Uh just for ease so it's if you know it it's quite recognizable and then all of a sudden they're in waterloo which is like the other side of london other side of the river kind of thing yeah (laughs) um that's funny very strange yeah shooting in in tube stations i can't imagine is oh reminds me i i did want to ask you about uh the day after tomorrow no mm. 28 days later yes the, these are two films that came out while i was on my mission and away from like movie news so they mm. kind of merged in my head and <laughs> i i did see 28 days later i haven't seen the day after tomorrow okay that's good because i don't know that one very well isn't that but, set in america anyway yeah i think so i mean it's it's roland emmerich disaster movie so there's probably scenes yeah all over the world of stuff Big them blowing up freezing. or something yeah yeah <laughs> um 28 days later yeah I, just i mean yeah it was pretty good because they they so danny boyle um did it on a bit of a budget uh so i know that like there's a scene where killian murphy is walking over uh, one of the one of the famous bridges. Yeah, what one of them? It's not London Bridge. That's in Arizona. <laughs> we do have a London Bridge. Um, oh, you got another one? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the, the bit where he's like, "Hello, hello, uh-huh. hello," just forever and ever. Um, 
they had to film that at like three in the morning or something yeah it would it would have to to be just to to be able to have there be little enough going on that you could move it out of the way Mm, yeah like i wouldn't even expect it to be you know empty enough to 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 film as it was like you'd still have to move things around move people out of the way but there would just be less i think they managed to do it through sheer like luck and tenacity so but no i think i think you know even though it is kind of zombie apocalypse uh it's it's a pretty good representation of of what london looked like in the early noughties you know yeah yeah i the the ones i i think of where i'm like yeah that's i mean obviously so many james bond (laughs) so few james bond films actually happen in london but yeah the world is not enough and uh, I think some of the Daniel Craig ones take yeah, place at, at MI6. Uh, but yeah, the uh, 28 Days Later, and I always think of the uh, the Hugh Grant going door-to-door in Love Actually. Mm. Um, like, yeah, that's, as, a, as being completely that's a street. ridiculous. Uh, well, being ridiculous or just like being like, oh, they're trying. Yeah. They're trying to, to represent something here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, I think I was thinking of another one, but it's it's left me. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, in in terms of like taking liberties with geography and specifically the tube, the big one that that is all over the internet um, is Thor: The Dark World. Oh yeah, and and that's that's one that I think a lot of the the, the beautiful babies and myself um, forgot was in London. I I forgot so much about. Uh, yeah. for I mean, the D. Know, it's I think we can all agree or, or most of us can agree I'm sure there's going to be some angry fanboys fighting with me but oh sure Ragnarok is the better Thor film is the better Thor film it's just yeah I remember when when the when it's it's weird to think about when the first Thor movie came out mm. because it was Iron Man Iron Man Thor right and then the Incredible Hulk that everyone was like, we didn't like Ang Lee's Hulk. I don't want to watch this one either. <laughs> yeah, gosh, I can't I can't even remember. I think maybe Hulk before Thor. Yeah. Yeah, I think Iron Man and Hulk were, were the same year. Mm. And they just weren't really sure about Hulk. But then Iron Man was such a hit. They're like, okay, I think we'll keep mm. slowly, slowly. But yeah, the first Thor film, I was like, well, this is my favorite Star Wars movie. And that's a, that's a very pre-Last Jedi thought to have had. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, so oh, Star weird. Wars is incredibly dormant. I don't have to expect any more Star Wars ever again. <laughs> but yeah, if, if you watch that original Thor film now, like the character of Thor is so different. It's, so different. It's evolved yeah. so much since then all the avengers films and stuff but yes yeah. anyway so uh thor dark world thor finds himself on a train at charing cross station oh. and uh asks this very flirty lady uh how to get to greenwich and she says yeah this train three stops no it's not <laughs> it's like 11 stops it's, it's definitely not three stops and you have to like change lines it's no 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 i don't know how they thought they'd get away with that movie magic yeah <laughs> and, but 
I do appreciate that about the the tube. It may be, you know, transfers and maybe a lot of stops, but you can get there. You can get to mm. basically where you need to. I've, I've never done New York subway, so I can't speak to that. But yeah, uh, my yeah my my underground experiences have been really really pretty positive. I, I'm quite a big fan of of rail travel. To be fair, when, whenever I am in a city that has like kind of rail infrastructure, you know, that's relatively easy yeah. to use. So yeah, like New York, Paris, um, yeah, London, obviously. Yeah, I did it. I like. I don't. I don't think you could do as much with it. But when we when we visited Portland, Katie and I, we mm. we took. Uh, it's not Bart. That's Bay Area. That's the San Francisco Oakland one. Marta is there. Uh, train line. Oh, in Chicago, Chicago's elevated train. If, if we can go back to the fugitive, um, <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, I mean, we were only there like three or four days, but is it one of those double decker ones? It's, what, what oh, it's just elevated? it's it's raised up off the street. Like oh, in uh, Dark Knight, you know where he crashes his Lamborghini. Yeah, that's underneath the elevated train, um, the L, okay. as it were. Yeah, so it's it's just and it's street level some places, mm. depending on on the needs, right? But it's mm. it's yeah above the street. That's cool. Uh, and yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, we and again, we weren't there very long, but everything we wanted to do, there was a stop pretty close to it, mm. and a reasonable price three day pass, like forty five dollars for for three days. Nice. Yeah, I really like Chicago. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a place I would I would like, but that's again solely based on like films and things. Yeah, which may be yeah, completely was, wrong. Yeah, based. Oh man, I would love to have uh, someone with Chicago experience uh, talk about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> yeah, because I I mean I've I've read stuff like the the ludicrous. Like even even getting into town from the suburbs as freely and casually as they did, I I can't imagine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know the 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 ten minute twenty minute drive in the mm. Ferrari that they paint portray it as. It's it's difficult, isn't it? Because you know a film is not going to be engaging if you show the two hour that. commute that they have to do. <laughs> It, it is. They don't even give a nod to it half the time. That like, yeah. <sighs> and then just to get into a pretty crowded Cubs game and then leave before it's over, and yeah, that's. I mean, I guess that's the problem with baseball in general is it's not known for brevity. No, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So Oh, what was I going to say? I the other one that's just sprung to mind that comes up quite a lot if you're talking about like just taking massive liberties with geography is the Kevin Costner Prince of Thieves Robin oh, Hood film. Yeah, yeah. I, again, not trying that hard for the his the historical accuracy. No, not at all. although. Hard Why does Robin Hood it, have an American accent for stuff? Exactly, it's specifically bad enough that it gets called out in uh, the the Mel Brooks one, right? With right. Uh, Carrie Elwes, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so geography in in Prince of Thieves, 
Yeah, there's, there's a bit right at the beginning, I think, where he meets um, Morgan Freeman's character and they are in Dover, which is like the coast. Yeah. If you think the nearest point to France, basically. It's where um, they uh, organize the, the D-Day invasion because you can basically see it yes. on yeah, the yeah, other yeah. side of the channel at all the, yeah. the tunnels and the cliffs and, and everything. The white cliffs of Dover. Um, and he says that they're going to walk to Loxley um in one evening and it's 250 miles away so that's quite yeah. unlikely <laughs> yeah I, i'd imagine loxley is closer to nottingham right it's exactly exactly yeah, yeah. that's so <laughs> that's so far north that's yeah. amazing very yeah. very silly um yeah so i've got i've got a couple of utah ones here mm-hmm. if you want to move on Mm. Oh yeah, um, just just my final point of contention oh, yeah. um, of London on film is the accents. Oh the, yeah, uh, I mean obviously Dick Van Dyke is the worst offender, <laughs> Mary Poppins. But, uh, other films do pop up every now and then. He's like, what? I mean, Moon Knight the other day that I know it's not film, but um, yeah, the new Disney series, Marvel. Uh, <laughs> when I saw the adverts. I was like, ooh, I'm really not sure about Oscar Isaac's London accent. But then when I saw the first episode, I was like, actually, not that bad. Believable. Yeah. And then there were just a couple of moments in the most recent episode where I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. What was you said? Uh, he says uh, NHS instead of the NHS. Yeah, that was just a little thing. Like, no one would say NHS like that. It is the NHS, you know. Yeah. Um, and what, it's, it's, there's the bit where he's like, "Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee." My name I was, is I, Stephen I with the... a V. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, I. I've heard so many just awful. Uh, Americans doing English accents or Americans <laughs> doing awful English accents. Let's not cast aspersions at, mm. at people calling them awful, but it's, it's really got me to like back off. Like I don't even try most of the time just cause there's so many no awful fun, ones. Though, is it? I, well, I, I know, I know I've, I've been mean <laughs> about yeah. your accent attempts. <laughs> I don't mean to be, it's all good but, fun, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'll still do like like reading to the kids, you know, yeah. little storybook accents because I'll I'll throw around whatever garbage because it's not really supposed to be anything. Mm-hmm. It's just this character needs a voice. Let's do it. Although I do, when reading uh, Thomas the Tank Engine stories, try I I think I do a half decent uh, Ringo Star. <laughs> That's so cool. But, I love that. Yeah, the 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 Beatles are fun to do anyway because. Because you know what you're doing, and it's fine if it's cartoony. Yeah. Like, it's more fun, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's me. That's me. Let's hear about Utah. Okay. And listeners, no, you don't get to hear my Ringo star. Maybe <laughs> later. Um, so uh, because th- so this came all came about because someone was talking about video games, and I was like, oh, yeah. In The Last of Us the the end of it takes place in salt lake oh. you approach on i-15 and you get off at the i think it's the sixth south exit i don't think they take you to fourth yeah but uh there there's not a lot that's really recognizable it's that you're mostly in the hospital mm. uh while you're there but yeah getting off the the freeway 
Um, I was like, that's, that's kind of fun there. Uh, growing up, my parents would often reference Footloose uh, for having been filmed in, in Utah. Hmm. Like, oh, the, is it, yeah, is it set the... in Utah in the in the sort of narrative of the film? I can't remember. I think, I I think it's vague, but right. you're like allowed to think that it's Utah. Like, there's kind of nudges. Like, it's it's basically kind of. But they don't say. Okay. Yeah, and they'd always say, "Oh, you can see the Lehigh Roller Mills, which is like big, you know, grain silos and and hmm. everything, which you can see from from I-15." Uh, and so they, they kept saying, oh yeah, Footloose, Footloose. And, you know, before streaming and everything, finally convinced, uh, me and my friend Wade to watch it with them. And they were like, oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't really good. <laughs> it's just, I recognize some places in it. No. Uh, there's a lifetime, uh, holiday movie called wrapped up for the holidays uh that was filmed at the Provo Town Center Mall. Amazing. And I know that because I mean there's a lot of those Christmas movies that are filmed in Utah. Uh Cottonwood Heights, neighborhoods closer to the mountains and everything for the mm. for the visual. But this one I remember being at the mall because we went to the mall and they had the big they have a huge Christmas tree in the atrium, just like not Rockefeller Center big, but small town Utah big enough big. Yeah. And um they're like, why do they have the Christmas tree out in June? That's weird. Uh, and there's a sign saying, we're filming. Don't mess up the stuff. <laughs> I never actually saw it, but it's got Tatiana Ali in it, if that's of any interest to anybody. Cool. Uh, let's see. I, I've got like Her Hereditary. That's mostly neighborhoods. Um, hmm. But Hereditary was filmed in Utah and is amazing. And I'm constantly in a state of, do I want to rewatch Hereditary? No, I've got other things I should watch right now. Mm. Um, yeah. There's a, a Crispin Glover. That's that's the name I was after. Crispin Glover movie called Reuben and Ed, okay. which was never distributed widely because Trent Harris, the, the director, basically wouldn't play nice with the studios. Mm. And so they're like, fine, we're not distributing your movie. So it's hard to find now. Uh, uh, one of those. I have a friend who who burned it. So I have a, a DVD of it because he was kind of obsessed with it. But that's that's filmed in, in Salt Lake and in the, the West Desert. Um, and that's the movie that Crispin Glover was promoting when he got banned from uh, The Tonight Show with David Letterman. Not The Tonight Show, the, the Late Show with David Letterman. Hmm. Because he's on in character, I honestly forget if he's Reuben or if he's Ed, but he's this got this bell, yeah. like shoulder length hair, stripy bell bottom pants, platform shoes, and he he like kicks really close to David Letterman's head, yes, and gets him booted from from the show, and that was for a movie filmed in Utah and barely released. Mm. Uh, See, I've heard about the incident, but not the film. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think you're alone there. Oh, speaking yeah. of not being alone, uh, the video for "I Think We're Alone Now" by Tiffany Ogden City Mall. Oh, that was smooth. That was that was so smooth. <laughs> yeah. Um, also up in Ogden, the movie "Drive Me Crazy" with uh, Melissa Joan Hart, not Jennifer Love Hewitt. Melissa Joan Hart. Mm -hmm. uh, that's filmed at Ogden High School. Then, do I have an, oh, the Sandlot. A lot of the Sandlot was filmed in Ogden and uh, in Salt Lake, and. 
most of the stuff that they filmed that's no longer there. Like that pool's not there anymore. Mm. Um, have you seen the Sandlot? Realizing baseball movies may not have crossed over. Yeah, I don't think I have actually. There, there oh. were a couple that did. So, like, was it Field of Dreams? Sure, was a big one. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it's probably on the Disney Plus. It's mm. a cute one that we grew up with. Um, it may not fully hold up now, but there's a lot of a lot of lines that just get kind of used from the mm-hmm. Sandlot. Um, oh, uh, Gentleman Broncos. Again, going <laughs> going deep in in some catalogs here. So the movie after. Hold on, let me think of the director. John Heater played Napoleon Dynamite. Jared Hess directed the movie. Okay. So Jared Hess did Napoleon Dynamite and then Nacho Libre was yep. his second film. And then his third film was Gentleman Broncos. Right. And it's got uh, Jermaine Clement and Mike White. And it's not great. Oh, it, that's a shame. It's, there's it some good, promising. Yeah, there's some good stuff and great uh, sci-fi novel artwork. Mm. It's, it's about a sci-fi writer and I think there's like stolen ideas right um and pursuing that but they they printed up the cover of these books and they're amazing uh but the they do did film in the bookstore i was working at uh at the time they were there on a saturday so i i I wasn't in but uh yeah if if you watch gentleman broncos there are scenes in sam weller's zion books on the main street location before they moved to trolley square that's so cool (laughs) Um, and yeah, there's there's a couple other Salt Lake Street scenes in that one that I I appreciate. So, are you focusing on Salt Lake specifically? Uh, I mean, it's the stuff that I would recognize has mm. been in Salt Lake. Because um, I was going to say, I mean, you know, when I think of like Utah on film, it, you know, in movies and stuff. Uh-huh you know it's it's kind of like the national parks more than anything else like yeah like um, in uh last crusade river phoenix is a young indiana jones that's out in arches yeah or like um i don't know thelma and louise all sorts of things but oh yeah monument valley and monument valley has been a million and see that that's another thing like monument valley has stood in for texas it's been yeah Arizona, I think it's been California. I'm sure it's been other planets like people like to oh, do. Yeah. You know, Mars Absolutely. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of otherworldly, uh seems the the salt flats. Mm. Um so are, are you familiar with the salt flats at all? No. Okay, so the Great Salt Lake used to be part of a much larger ancient lake, and not as ancient as I thought it was. I just watched something and learned it was it's only like sixty five thousand years old. Um, I mean, that's still pretty old. Pretty old, but geologically, it's not that old. Right? Oh, okay. Let's yeah. Um, and so that has uh, drained and evaporated, and that's and the remnants are Bear Lake, uh, Utah Lake, and the Great Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that dried up, the areas east of the lake, no, west of the lake, so on the Nevada side, um, all this salt just, it's wide and it's flat and it's salt instead of sand mm. and in pirates of the caribbean at world's end uh jack sparrow's hallucination sequence oh. my favorite part of that film my, possibly my favorite part of any of the pirates movies 
Yeah, it was a nice the, uh, break of tone, plants. wasn't it? Yeah. Very trippy. It's good and weird. Yeah. Oh, that's and they, cool. They do uh, speed trials out there because it's flat and uniform and mm. you can get going really, really fast. So they're like land speed records are set out there all the time. And it's featured, that aspect of it is featured in a movie called The World's Fastest Indian starring mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, is it as racist as it sounds? Indian <laughs> is the motorbike company. Okay, so, cool. so there there is that element, but it's not being brought to us. It's the the fact yeah. that somebody named their company Indian, but mm-hmm. setting a motorcycle speed record on the salt flats. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then, so as far as like being close to me, uh, I a f- few months ago. Uh, there was a um, an article, a map um, of, I think it was, it might have specifically been horror movies filmed in Utah. Hmm. And one of them on there, uh, a film called Nightlight, was filmed in Spanish Fork and Springville, uh, hmm. which is where I live. I live in Spanish Fork, Springville's the next town up. Uh and it's the gimmick of the movie is it's a found footage, but you're seeing through a flashlight instead of Weird. through a camera, which like, okay, no one would hold a flashlight that way, but I, I appreciate getting mm-hmm. the shot. So, but, so I was struggling with that the whole way and it's not very, it's not great. And it's all up in the Canyon. So there's nothing to recognize anyway. It's all mm-hmm. trees and, and mountains. So that was a big disappointment there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Let's see, Dumb and Dumber, the airport, and a lot of the early stuff is in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen Broncos, Sandlot, High School Musical was filmed at East High School. <laughs> um, I'm afraid I've not seen that one. And I think all, like all the subsequent stuff, because Olivia Rodrigo is on the show, and the, she did a movie about driving from Salt Lake back to L.A., and hmm. she was in Salt Lake filming High School Musical, the musical, the series, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's all, all the ones I've got written down. I think we're low now for those would be a troll. Oh, troll two. I miss troll two. <laughs> Amazing. So one of, one of my favorite, uh, favorite bad movies, troll two, not a sequel to troll. Um, the monsters are not trolls. They're goblins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, yeah, the town of Nilbog, which is goblin backwards where they visit. That's. Oh, Perry Roosevelt. It's it's a, it's rural rural Utah, mm-hmm. and it's all filmed in this this little town. And there's a church in it that it's supposed to be like the church in Nilbog, mm. but it still says it's a, it's an old Mormon church, and mm. it's got in sandstone on the on the front. It says like Perry Second Ward or whatever the town. I don't think it's Perry, but it says like that town's name Second Ward. It's not what they call it at all. It's the Nilbog. And they didn't like cover that up or anything. Yeah, no effort to at all. (laughs) But yeah, definitely, guys. If yeah, yeah. If if none of y'all have seen Troll Two, seek out Troll Two. And if you don't have much stomach for bad movies, if that's not your jam, the documentary Best Worst Movie. Um, And that that follows the people who were were in it, um, kind of now and doing the uh, convention circuit and stuff. (laughs) <laughs> that's so funny that kind of reminds me of um when i was up in 
Edinburgh on a little break. They happened to be filming... Um, Come on, brain! One of the Avengers films, the bit where where oh, um, it'd be Endgame. Must be Endgame, yeah. Because Endgame or Scarlet Infinity Witch War. and Vision are in Edinburgh, yeah. And then like Cap turns up at the station and stuff. But um, yeah, I just happened to be like walking through Edinburgh while they were filming some of that, um, and I was like, oh, I might stand and watch a bit of this, watch some of a an Avengers film being made, and obviously you know when they're actually filming things there's a lot of hurry up and wait so i didn't yeah. actually see anything exciting happen but they did um they'd put like fake signs over the real shops oh um, yeah and like one of them fell down while i was watching it and i was like ah so that's how they do that that's fun. not very that's... well <laughs> and I, I remember being real excited to see oh i don't know why they're in edinburgh necessarily but i'm glad they are yeah it's fun yeah, that was cool different locations that they've been using a lot recently that kind of was one of those things so like you know i just happened to know where they were filming there's like a rooftop fight ah i can't even remember some alien things sure Um, yeah the oh what are they called uh thanos's folk yeah yeah i was gonna say chitauri but that was the other one yeah one one of them is named proxima midnight i know that well, there you go. But yeah, they're, they're, they're like fighting on the roof of that. And then the next thing, they like crash into Edinburgh train station, which yeah. is like a bit too far away for that to be feasible. But uh, you wouldn't know that. The Black Order are hmm. yeah. Thanos's people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's basically all I've got for... So the the only other things I've got. Oh, and I should have had the the song queued up. Dwarves have a song called Salt Lake City. Beach Boys have one too, but I don't like theirs as much. No. Um, yeah. So Dwarves, Salt Lake City, and then the last line in Raising Arizona. Um, is something about raising a family somewhere nice, maybe Utah. Oh. <laughs> when I was a kid, my my only kind of um, claim to fame for the town where I grew up, which is called Chingford, was that it is mentioned in Train Spotting in the book, not the film. Oh, oh, there you go. But, uh, Renton's sister goes to live in some shitty London satellite town or something like that. Like, <laughs> oh, that's where I live. And of course, you you wrote the the song about it. I wrote a song about it. Was it you? Because it's on one of the CDs you sent. About Chingford. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. I asked. I asked about it. I thought. I thought it was like you and your sister. Probably we did used to make silly songs up, but it's not ringing a bell. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's uh, uh, so it's not on Price for the First Runner Up. It's on CD Uno and CD Two. So yeah. we'll we'll get to it, I suppose. Oh, I'm a bit terrified now. Yeah. Also, the audacity to put a silly little song that me and my sister have made up on a mixtape. Oh, why wouldn't you? That's that's the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's perfect. Oh, I'm nervous now. It'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, and I, I just realized I intentionally didn't write down any of 
the early 2000s uh, wave of Mormon cinema films. So there's okay. no Singles Ward, no The RM. I don't know. I didn't see most of them. No, um, I'm sorry to say I've not heard of any of those. Yeah, um, nor, nor should you have. And uh, see, God's Army is in Los Angeles, and the best two years is in Netherlands, largely. Hmm. Brigham City is set in Brigham City, but I don't know Brigham City that well. Where's that kind of geographically to you? Uh, let's see, geographically. So Brigham City, so I'm about an hour south of Salt Lake. Uh, and then uh, it's about another hour north or northeast, I think. Mm. So you get off I off. No, do you stay on I-15? Because usually we get on I-84 and head toward Boise when we're going that way. So maybe it is just further up I-15. But there's a, a town close to the border called Logan. It's like mm -hmm. maybe the fifth city, fifth biggest city. Uh, but it's the northernmost big city. It's where Utah State is, and Brigham mm. City's outside of Logan. Hmm. It's uh, Brigham City's Raspberry Days. Listeners, uh, write to <laughs> us, uh, internetstrangerspod at gmail.com. Uh, hit our link tree. Find us. The DMs are always open. Tell me what uh, what days it is in Brigham City and how geographically wrong I am in describing where it is. <laughs> Uh, Brigham City is an interesting one because it's it's like a horror sort of thriller and stars Wilford Brimley. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, we don't need to get into the 2000s wave of Mormon cinema here. <laughs> that's, that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's I don't think that's our podcast. I, I But hey, if you want me to guest, I'll I'll talk God's Army. I'll watch single second ward for your show. I'll watch yep. the the remake of Saturday's Warrior. Bring it, bring it on. Love it. All right. So yeah, that was, that was a fun little little episode. Um. Uh, yeah, I think it's good. Next episode, we've got uh, another very special five songs. Um, coming up. I think we'll let it be a surprise mm -hmm. uh, for when it comes out. But I've got my list going i'm doing my eliminations mm, i need to get uh, started on mine yeah yeah it's, if, it's if, a... if you know us you can probably guess what it's gonna be but... yeah it's it's definitely a different uh selection process than the david bowie five songs was because mm. there's like a billion more and mm. i don't know them all that well mm -mm. yeah that's going to be a challenge. Yeah. But interesting. Yes. Uh, so that episode will be specifically out on the 21st of April if you want to continue guessing who we're doing five songs for. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it. Anything else for, for the beautiful babies? Uh, just, you know, stay beautiful. Yeah. And as always. Mm -hmm.